second wave sadness. I got my second wave, second wave sadness. I got, well, how's this song going? Th- like that. Second wave. I've got my second wave, second wave second sadness. Wave, second I got wave, my second wave, second wave sadness. Yeah, it starts with, um, from over before you go. Second wave sadness. I start way too low. I just want you to know the baby, we're all sad. I got that second wave, second wave sadness. I got my second wave, second wave sadness. I got that second wave, second wave sadness. Hello and welcome back to Boys Gone Wild. I'm back. I was away. Still released an episode though, because that's how committed I am to the cause of Boys Gone Wild. Consistently releasing episodes. Consistently doing it. That's how you grow an audience. And we are growing. We're, as at the time of speaking, we are one subscriber away from 500 subs. I feel that's a real milestone. Only eight patrons though. And admittedly, we haven't been the best at keeping up with our Patreon content. That's going to change today. We're going to have a spicy new piece of content on Patreon. And I think you should subscribe to it so I get money. Um, And uh, even if you like look at the Patreon and you're like, I don't know how much I'm getting from this, you're supporting the podcast because it's uh, tough times out here. It's unknown time. So if you, I know I have a lot of city bankers who listen to this podcast. We're kind of big in the 1% uh, class. This is sort of like a way that uh, rich um, oligarchs often use this podcast to unwind. So if you're listening, please donate to the Patreon. Uh, I'm back from Cornwall um, and coming back to London from a kind of a magical trip away to what felt like the end of the world. Um I came back to what felt even more like the end of the world uh, in London. There was a, there's a, it, the air hung thick, the mood was low, and um, I'm, you know, I'm the first to put my hands up to say it infected me. You know, even the strongest can fall. Um, so this is a men's mental and physical health podcast. So I've got um, no one better than the ever ever miserable Andrew Cohen to talk about feelings. How you doing, mate? Yeah, tired, man. Yeah, yeah. I feel the air as well. I think it's this combination of the second wave of COVID. Winter has started. Uh-huh. Let's not underappreciate that factor. Yeah. It's flipping cold. Seasonal depression, COVID, um, and then just general. It's when it gets fucking dark. Yeah, it's the worst. But why? Why? Why does it always take us by surprise? I'm never ready for it. Neither am I. Never. Neither I've been. I. I've done this a lot. Yeah. I've got this shit on lock. Because I think you just. It's this. When it's summer, you feel like this is this endless time of joy. That it's, it's never going to end. Yeah. But then I we, forget, think, we yeah. forget every time that winter is around the corner ready to, to slap you on the bum. So what, I, I'm not, I don't hate the British weather as much as most people. Like I like seasons. I think if I lived in, let's say, I don't know, California, uh, maybe the city of angels. Yeah. Um, that's Los Angeles. Uh, San Diego. Um, Sure. Any other more, less, a few more cities. What on the coast of America? Just with San like, Francisco. San Francisco, that's not hot enough. No, it's so not we're that just hot. gonna list like uh, Phoenix, Arizona. Uh, yeah, Mexico City, um, Te- Texas, Houston. Is that hot? Yeah, yeah, that's hot. Yeah, that's hot all year round. Yeah, Arkansas. Just, let's just do twenty six more. Um, um. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, because if I if I was in one of those places, I would miss the seasons. I like the yeah. change. I think it's good for the soul seeing yeah. the leaves start to brown. I love the first two weeks of autumn normally. Um, uh, but, and also the British summer is an amazing thing because you can everyone, have too much of a good thing. And everyone loves it. Yeah. Like it's always summer in LA and that side. So it's like, there's, not, like a, there's it. not a summer vibe. Yeah, I mean, it, yeah. is, it has its positives, but I like that feeling that when the sun comes out, there's a real change in attitude and there's a real uplift. Yeah. But, so I, I like the British weather <coughs> if the winter was two months. That's how long yeah, I want. Okay. I think the perfect thing- How long is the winter? I would argue what I view as winter 
is the from now because it's the, this is what I view in my head is winter when it gets cold yeah. till March till which March. is like March. six months that's very depressing that's right, why right? it's depressing is that past the two weeks first two weeks of autumn where it's like you know white girls keeping it cute uh, pumpkin spice lattes vibes yeah. vibes eyes brown leaves uh, you can finally get your first warm coat on see what the full season's looking like fashion wise excitement yeah uh, then the, the latter part of autumn is when it starts dawning on you that it's a long time till the sun comes back. Yeah. Uh, January and February are the bleakest because December you've got Christmas. And then yeah. March is when spring starts and it starts picking up. That's so, very interesting news yeah. for me because I think I've told you before that I am. Uh, it's, it goes into my inabilities to handle time. Yeah, you have no conception of... Uh, you can't visualize time. time. I couldn't. There was for a long period of time I wasn't confident in which season came after the other. <laughs> As in until... Maybe a couple of years ago. But you're not stupid. You're a smart boy. Not with it's time. It's just slo it's sloppy. It's it, sloppiness. Well, it just doesn't go into my brain. Like, <laughs> as in, it, people get incredibly frustrated at me because I, I prom I'm not, like, I've now recently learned when Halloween is because I've drilled that into my head. 31st of October. Bang. I don't know when Valentine's Day is. Really? Yeah, I promise you I Take don't. Take a stab. Take a stab. I'd say it's in March. <laughs> Fucking hell. <laughs> Fe February. February. <laughs> yeah. Okay, February the 14th? Yeah. Okay, shit. Yeah, that's that was good. pretty good. But genuinely, March is my first yeah. go-to. Okay. If you are, I'm, like, other than the classic holidays, I've had to like put this into my brain. It yeah. just doesn't go in. And it's the same like the ordering of the seasons. I can tell you which fucking months they come. Yeah. Not a clue. I just, I, yeah. I just see it outside. I'm like, oh, I guess it's winter or autumn now. Yeah. Winter's quite clear. But autumn and spring, they're not clear enough. Because what, what's interesting about you is that you've studied history, political history. That's sort of what you, you've chosen to study in. And like you understand like brief moments of history with immense detail you understand theories you understand ideas but you have absolutely no concept in what when time happens like when the, stuff happens, the, yeah. the basic thing of history yeah is understanding what happened <laughs> and yeah. in what order yeah and you like no you idea. can you can you not can a clue clearly explain marxism you can, yeah. you can talk about like social context and stuff like that but you have no idea what was happening you Give don't know day, what was yeah. happening in africa at that point you have no idea i'm not the foggiest <laughs> not the foggiest i'm not the, the biggest grandest <laughs> thinker in time perspectives because i was so at the the history a level i did was mm. very demanding but all i did for revision was just i just put dates up on my wall and i just had to look at them every day yeah. to try and give some so sort of meaning trying it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. to my head yeah yeah so here's a little fun uh, view, uh bit of history um i'll see what how this okay. treats you. does this surprise you okay um we are closer now to the birth of Jesus yeah. than Jesus was to the building of the pyramids. That doesn't surprise me. Okay. Um, but then that's probably no, no, because no, no. I never had it. No, no. Nothing can surprise me when you don't know anything. <laughs> um, Fuck knows. I've heard it a few times. Yeah. I've encountered it as, as you do studying fucking history. Yeah. Um, but it just goes in, in one ear, out the other. Um, Every time. Do you know when the pyramids were made? I'd say like when we go into ancient history, that is the <laughs> deepest water I have on the planet. Not a fucking clue. But you don't even give a fuck about like no. you, you genuinely like well, history from like 1900s onwards. Yeah, well, because well, I did. Yeah, I did history and politics, so I'm more of the recent history that then leads into yeah, how yeah. that affects it our is politics. Kind of wild. Um, yeah, it's it's odd, but no, I think yeah. Back to the back to the seasons in the yeah. in the winter. I think this this combination that it's this dark. Like even now, it's miserable. Gloomy. Yeah, yeah. It's miserable outside, and that is a big factor because I'm waking up at 6 a.m. every day. This yeah. is happening, and it is so cold. It is unbelievably cold at 5.45 in the morning. My door doesn't shut properly as well. The, out, the one leading outdoor? The outside. one leading outside. So I have this constant stream of cold air coming in. So I do the first four hours of work in bed because I can't physically get out of bed. Yeah. Which is never good for any kind of mental health, I guess. And you've got a relentless schedule. Yeah. Um, but how do you, what do you, th do, would you, do you think the weather's so bad that you'd want to move? Oh, I get. I'm getting quite angsty actually. I nearly. So I've got 20 days of unpaid holiday on my in my job, and I was sitting in bed watching Anthony Bourdain, yeah. who, who does. He's like a cook who goes around and does. He's goes a to a different country. He's a cook. I think that's the best way. To he's a cook. It. He's a cook. He's a you rock know, star. If you don't kid. know who Anthony Bourdain is, he's a cook. <laughs> he's a fucking chef. Jesus Christ. <laughs> he's a chef who also has a travel program yeah. and goes around and looks he's at different countries. He's a cook countries. who moves around a lot. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he's a cook. He gets on a train every now and again. <laughs> brings his cameras. He's um, a cook who has a long commute. Is what <laughs> Anthony Bourdain is. But 
Um, he does a very good travel show, transports you yeah. to the different cultures mm-hmm. and different mm-hmm. places. And I was literally like, let me, can I book off the entire month of November? Unpaid leave, just fucking go, just go somewhere. Just go somewhere wild. See what happens. Yeah. Didn't do it. Didn't, didn't, didn't even try to book it off because I can't afford it. But yeah, you can't afford it, it's fair. But do you think you now... Um, I want to go away somewhere. You want to go somewhere I don't want to move. So Bear in mind, I've only just moved to London. So I'm still, although it's not real London not really because London. of COVID, yeah. but it's still, I've, I've got a big prang to go somewhere for a month at least. I'm feeling that urge as well. And so what I'm thinking right now off the top of my head is because yeah. I really want to just do, I have kind of always thought about it, but like do something like, I want to go to Brazil and do jiu-jitsu for a month. Yeah, you, you floated this with me actually. Because <laughs> we were discussing going to Brazil doing the yeah. South America thing. And then... I was against this because that takes up two weeks of your traveling. It's true. But it's more, you'd come back in fight, fight, fighting form. <laughs> yeah. For the harsh winters yeah, yeah. of the UK. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You, like December would be nothing if you'd been at a jiu-jitsu camp in Brazil for it's two It's true. Weeks. So, but, but do you, I, I, I'm more thinking, is the weather, <coughs> do you think weather is going to be a problem with you living here? In, in the UK? Yeah, long term. <sighs> well, the thing is, because it's almost like when it, it's always the worst when it's just coming in. Mm. Like by the time it hits December, when it's at its worst, yeah. we'll be used to it, yeah. and it will be okay. Yeah. And then you kind of forget that there was ever a summer, <laughs> and then it's just a build up to the end being summer. Like, oh what? my god! We've just got to get through this two or three weeks or a month maybe where it's mm. terrible, and then we'll forget about it. So this is the tough part. This is the tough part. Yeah, and it's just there's a real. I, it wasn't this bad last year for sure. I remember yeah, being surprised true. being in London. But that's with everything else that's happening yeah, as well, yeah. I think. But what what are your thoughts on the second wave? Do you have any idea what's going on? No. Genuinely have no clue. I mean, because I remember when we first came, when I first came to London, we were speaking to Sam, who was on the podcast last week. And Sam Ely. Sam Ely. Uh, check check out, out his, his Twitter. Is he not on anything either? He's he's got Twitter, but he's got a hundred followers, and he has one Twitter account, which is a fake uh, thing, which he p- posts on, and he blocks anyone who follows him. I like his style. So he he, he posts he posts <laughs> yes. like daily on this this fake grumpy old man, and if anyone follows him, he blocks them immediately. So he's got zero followers on there. Um, That's very good. Yeah. Um. But he we uh when it was almost like the first week we were here, we were sitting in the pub, and he was saying how London isn't that bad because I was kind of like you. Everyone expects London to be the cesspit of disease. And, yeah, yeah. and on hygiene. Yeah, yeah. Um, but at that point, death, death rate was, was like one a day, one a day. Yeah, it was either, yeah, was it the death rate of the people that, I think it even was the, the amount of people that were getting it was one a day. Yeah, well, cases, there's been more tests, so you can't yeah. really ju- judge cases. True, but it's so one, a de- one death a day minimum, which is yeah. tiny for a population like London. Yeah. So you just like, you think, great, chill. You know, it's, it's only going to get better. Keep it Gucci. And then of course, the second wave is keeping in, it was in the back of the mind, but it is just... I'm bored. I'm just bored of it. Yeah. As in, I feel like when it first came around, it's kind of new, exciting. It's a different, interesting thing that's happening. Do you know what I mean? Mm. It's like, shit, this is a massive world event that's going to go down in history. For and sure. we're seeing the start of it. Mm. I don't mind staying at home for a bit, you know. Do your Put, part. Do your part. Pull, pull your socks up, etc. Yeah. Um, Just because you can live through this monumental moment in history. Um, But now that it's come, so the, the monumental bit is gone. Yeah. I'm just fed up with it. As in, the second wave is just, I don't have that pull up your sock split spirit. Yeah. I'm just like, nah, I'm, I'm done with it. I really we've enjoyed it. Pu- we yeah. passed the monumental bit. I'm ready for it to be over now. I really enjoyed the beginning of uh, lockdown because it just, I gave, it, was, I, I, it felt like there was quite an interesting vibe with people like, you know, doing this, learning skills, everyone was furloughed. Like, and work. now they're telling you to do the opposite of that. N- now it's like, I don't know what I'm going to do for money. Like, yeah. it's pretty fucking i feel wild. stuck in my job yeah you and like the the options are because i i you, both of us are in i'm doing like creative freelancing stuff which is fucked and then you're doing stuff which is you know steady pay Stable. but fucked it was my <laughs> my intention i've was, got no money i've and got you some got a, and <laughs> i've got a bit and you just uh, and but you, i can't move <laughs> i'm here forever for, for the foreseeable future yeah um, because so you're either in it, work and miserable yeah. or out of work and, <laughs> and miserable because <laughs> my big intention of moving to London was uh, the, the job I'm doing was only like a stopgap yeah yeah yeah, yeah. move to London and then you know do whatever rave it up yeah ex- rave it up yeah. but now I'm kind of in this position where I'm got I, I have one I have to have this job in order for us to have this house as well 
weeks, actually. You've got yeah, to, you, you, got you, to put the, you sound like you're got to put the bills on the table. <laughs> <laughs> Cha-ching! Um, For us to have this beautiful home. <laughs> <laughs> no, I do often frame it like that. <laughs> it makes me feel... It makes the job more important. It gets me up in the morning. You um, sound like a 50s dad who's like his wife's complaining he's not home. For, just, you, uh, don't you like this house? Yeah. Do you like this beautiful house we've made? <laughs> Look, I have to do this. <laughs> For you and the kids, I mean the housemates, our friends. But um, it's because it's the well. It the, when we talk about bodily degradation, it's these these six a.m.s not fucking sleeping to do that job as well. Yeah. To do the job that you didn't expect to be at. It's just like everything's kind of falling apart. I feel like I'm also maintaining the lifestyle that I want to maintain outside of it. Without you're quite properly. stubborn with your lifestyle. Yeah, because I'm not giving that up. I yeah. refuse to give that up. Which is for anything. What is what are you not giving up? Fun. A lot of drinking. <laughs> a lot of drinking with friends. Go, like, go, well, going out is yeah, now yeah, not yeah. a thing, but going to the pub. I don't like not going out to the pub. Sure. Because I have a, a deep, internal, terrified fear of boredom. Sure, yeah, yeah. yeah. I can't, I I can't one, handle it. One thing it. we both have. Yeah. I ha- oh, God. It's yeah. the, the, well, that's where I get anxiety from, boredom. Yeah, for Every sure. Day. For sure, for sure. But now, cause I'm, so I refuse to maintain that. Uh, I refuse to lose that whilst continuing doing these 6am fucking shifts. Yeah. Everything's just falling apart. Yeah. I, Cause I, like I, the last couple of days I come back from holiday in Cornwall and then I, I just assume that I'm sort of waiting for my job to set up cause we're, I'm building, uh, we're building a podcast studio in Vauxhall, but it keeps getting, the builders keep getting ill. So I'm just sort of waiting and it, it doesn't feel like there's, I don't know what the next move is because no one knows. There's no advice to be given because no one knows what the fuck's going on. It's just Well, the only advice that seems to be given for the creative industry is to stop doing what you do. <laughs> stop doing it. Got fucking Rishi Sunak. <laughs> you know, like, I, I, had a li- I had to admit, I had a little bit of time for Rishi, you know, because like the um, Eat Out to Help You've Out. You've been listening to many, too many Weatherspoons out there. <laughs> Um, I, Dishy Rishi Dishy Rishi Dishy Rishi I was like Eat out to help out That's exactly That Encapsulated Eat out to help out Is the exact sort of Economic things That I like Which is like As opposed to viewing it As left or right It's just Creative ways Of re-energising the economy Which is a, In many ways What I think Corbyn A lot of his ideas were Which is like As opposed to like Austerity Austerity Cut 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 Think of creative ways to stimulate growth, basically, which is kind of what I like stuff like that. I like, so yeah. it doesn't matter if it's conservatory or labor, if there's like an exciting new way to like sort of stimulate growth, I, I'm all for that. Of You're new a big growth stimulator. I love stimulating you growth. You love growth. <laughs> I love, st- unlike you. Uh, I'm not a big fan of growth. <laughs> no. I'm not a growth man. <laughs> You're scared of growth. I'm scared, you know. And me, what I does stimulate. It what does growth actually mean? Just stimulate growth. Don't ask yeah. these questions. I can see you thought it through very thoroughly. Stimulate it. <laughs> Where are we growing? Which direction are we growing? Who don't cares? Care, as long just as it's grow. stimulating. I want to see a graph and then I'm happy. I don't care if there's homeless people on the street. I don't care if builders are falling apart. If an if old, you see a graph going if an up, old white man is on the news and is pointing at a graph and it's going up, yeah. I'm fine. Yeah. Then I'm fine. You, yeah, I guess that's a, a quite if an a easy If a balding white man points at a graph, then yeah. I'm like, cool, we're fine. <laughs> Economy. <laughs> Great. Then I'm happy. We the news. It. We're doing it. We're killing it, boys. Growth is But then fucking Dishy Rishi, my boy Rish man, um, has now had this ridiculous thing about telling all great people to retrain it was one of the most astonishing so adverts bleak. i've seen coming it's from the government so bleak. it's like <laughs> stop having fun guys <laughs> it's just it's so disrespectful it's actually it is un- it is it is honestly astonishing it was one of the most shocking things i think i've ever yeah. seen come out of the government in terms of advertising campaigns yeah it's unbelievable and it's like, because there's like a new, the, the, the kind of, the new Tories have sort of sold themselves as what's different from this batch of Tories to let's say like the Cameron, you know, centrist, the thick of it sort of Tories where it was like business as usual, everything's fine. Th- these guys are trying to play themselves as renegade cowboys. We've got <laughs> Boris Johnson, we've yeah. got Rishi Sunak with his big new ideas. We've got Dominic Cummings. But his small stature. And this is what I was going to bring up. Rishi Sunak is three foot six. <laughs> Look it up. <laughs> he is. No, he's three five foot, foot six. six. He's five foot six. And not only is he small, but the reason why you, you're surprised that he's small is because he's really in proportion, which is really funny. Because like, look at someone like um, 
You know the actor Toby Jones? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, he yeah. looks small. Yeah, and you can tell you can he's tell small. From the like, camera, <laughs> if you weren't to Google his height online, you'd know he was a small yeah, man. Yeah, Toby Jones But I small. didn't know Rishi was small until you <laughs> told me. He's got a tiny, narrow little face. He looks like a... like. Like when you you've got an image and you drag it by the corner and just everything in everything's perfect. Yeah, <laughs> that's why it's so shocking because he's got yeah. this little narrow face. Yeah, yeah, that make yeah. He, he's like he's hiding. Which completely. What have you got to hide, Rich? It's completely. It completely changes the way I view Rishi because I've always stand standing behind a podium. He looks. Yeah. And now I'm like when he's coming up with these ideas, eat out to help out. I just, you just see- like hello. Guys. <laughs> <laughs> he's lied to the British public. Yeah, is he's what lied he's done. to the British public. So these are all because Dominic Cummings and Boris Johnson are both small as well. So these are tiddly little, um, tiddly little Tory cowboys. And like the the way they've sold themselves is that we're doing it a different way. You know, Brexit. Uh, the whole Dominic Cummings vibe is kind of like this is the the old way of politics. We got exciting new ideas. Um, but then what I've realised is that they had this rock and roll attitude, but. If you read like Dominic Cummings' manifesto and stuff, he's, his view for the world is that we end all creative subjects and we should all do STEM. And it's like they're using the aesthetics of being rock and roll for the least rock and roll yeah. things you can possibly think of, which is that we all do science and do math. I really think they really they said that. Yeah, it was good. Well, uh, the lines our, of... our housemate told me, I didn't read it, but he, apparently he, he one of his things in his like big long manifesto. Who's If you're a white STEM, man writing a manifesto, you're going to shoot up a school is the only reason you should write a manifesto. Um, yeah, I agree. <laughs> <laughs> that is a terrifying prospect of a world. Yeah, just, and, and I you guess feel this it is in the perfect, This is a yeah. perfect disease and time or pandemic in order to push forward that narrative, that idea yeah. that there should be no one that doesn't contribute specifically and directly to the economy and growth rather than people pursuing careers in the arts. Yeah, because I, I think like the, the, the main... Which also contribute aggressively to the economy The main well. attraction, I'm, I'm, I'm maybe a Marxist, it's really, I really don't, it's really, because if you say that, then there's loads of connotations. But the, the main thing I like about Marx um, is... He keeps it real. He, keep, <laughs> he keeps it real. Um, he's got a safe beard. He's just... He, More he than a get, safe beard. It's a swanky it's beard. It's a cataclysmic beard. Cataclysmic beard for cataclysmic ideas. Boom. Um, the thing <laughs> that I like most about him is that <clears throat> he's like, is the more semi-spiritual stuff, which is like um, people, you should use the immense amount of resources we have to organize society so that people can fulfill their purpose. Express and like, their do, species express being. Express their species being and stuff that's like that. One, yeah. And this is, that's the main thing I like about it. More than like everyone has to have the same or like hating the rich or like being really suspicious of success and loads of things that can, negative things that I think come out of Marxism or like people reinterpret it as yeah. and this kind of victimization mentality. Loads of things that I don't connect with. The main thing is can we organize society in a way that people have space to fulfill their purpose not live a pleasureful life where you know we make it it's like a libertarian thing where we're all smoking drinking we can do whatever the fuck we want can we build it so that people are encouraged to find what's meaningful to them yeah can we do that um because that's something that people often forget or don't realize is that he doesn't like obviously being aggressively anti-capitalist but a lot of the idea, because it's about the, um, well, determinism or like, so everything, the inevitability of, uh, so feudalism to capitalism, etc. He's saying, take the good things that we've got from capitalism, you know, all this material wealth that we have, yeah. distribute it better. Yeah. So then everyone can then have a better way to pursue their own interests yeah. and yeah. find something that's meaningful to them. Exactly. Instead of being a slave to a system of which they can't find anything meaningful to them because they're trying to make ends meet. And also like Marx was writing when there was like, during the Industrial Revolution and shit's just changed so much. So it's yeah, like, yeah. just his general attitude, you've got to change so many ideas. Yeah. But this kind of new breed of Tories are the furthest away from that idea I think I've seen in any British government. Like, I don't think even Thatcher was had this sort of... We don't give a fuck if you're happy. It's not even happy. It's, it's like becoming a, as efficient, practical tool in a system as possible so that yeah. each individual feels the most powerful cog in the machine possible like viewing yeah. us as that and i guess it's desperate times but it was really quite fucking bleak knowing that the government really <laughs> they, they think just that. view the, everything 
And I think it also comes from a naive view that like, um, they sort of think all the people who are good enough at creativity so they can Would monetize it, it will keep on doing that. But yeah. The bleak truth is it. The truth of it is that to get Bowie, to get fucking Spielberg, to get like creative behemoths, the you Jonas need Brothers. you Jonas Brothers, not Nick. Not Nick, no. <laughs> that, that goes without saying. Two of the Jonas brothers. Fuck Ke- Nick Jonas. Kevin and Joe. Fuck. Fuck Nick, Nick Jonas. <laughs> He's useless. Okay, we're. He's we're, the real problem. Fuck the Tories, actually. This he, is Nick this Jonas. Is, yeah. Is the reason for all of the societal ills. We're going to turn into a bit more of like an LBC style opinions podcast. Yeah. And the big one we want to. I'd love to be like on LBC. Right. I'm going to see you at Topical, what everyone's been talking about this morning. Do we, hate Nick jo- Do we hate Nick Jonas? Let's get some callers in. And I'd love to be like James O'Brien or Nick Ferrari and just have someone. Well, actually, I think Nick Jones is probably the most individually talented. You idiot. You stupid cunt. Nick Jonas. You disgust me. Where's get him off. Evidence? Get him off the line. Get him off the line. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> that's what's so funny about LBC is it's both liberals and conservatives they're all cunts on that show including James O'Brien fuck James O'Brien I'm sorry to say it fuck James O'Brien because he like he gets Brexiteers on it who like have never been to uni yeah. who are just like labourers or like and they're saying like yeah so I, I think like I, I kind of like the idea of take back control and he's like where's your evidence where's your like and asking them for like university grade statistics on an incredibly complex issue that they've done emotionally mm. and then making them feel like a piece of shit and then liberals will share it saying owned this fucking dumb and then it's Nick the, Ferrari it's the illusion of yeah. balance it and doesn't then, exist yeah it's just yeah um, so I, I kind of got lost we were saying fuck uh, Nick Jonas Tories yeah but without without um, to get uh, people who are creating all the art that we entertainment that we all consume on a regular basis you need shit people. You need the failures. <laughs> you need... And that's what, what this podcast is yeah. about. <laughs> this is like... To prop up other people. Being in the the arts for like the last three years, like the thing is to have the great stand-up comedians, you do need the shit stand-up comedians. You can't have great footballers without grassroots football. You need yeah, shit yeah. Sunday league. You need league. a big pool. <laughs> you need a big pool. Otherwise you don't yeah. get anyone. It's yeah. the same, same. You've applied the same principle to economics in like a factory. You need a lot of people and then the best rise to the top and become managers, et cetera, et cetera. It's yeah. the same kind of thing for the arts. Yeah, it's true. So we should. But, turn it's, it- but it's more that they just don't value any. If you don't have any value importance to the arts, then yeah. the pool, the size of the pool is just. A, it could be a bigger pool going yeah. into traditional jobs rather than a waste of people or talent that they see it as. Yeah, and like wasting their time. I don't know. It's just like I find it hard because I'm raising questions of like, what in this difficult time can I get. I have this real feeling that I can't get a normal job and I just don't really know how much is that me being privileged. You've always had that feeling. I've always since, had that feeling. Since 12 years old, you've said that to me. <laughs> I have, but I don't know how much, and this goes out to other creators, so it's like, you must be having this feeling as well. It's like, I truly feel like it will make me utterly miserable, but I don't know how much that's just because I'm lucky and privileged to have an opportunity where I didn't have to before, like really considered going down those routes, or should I just suck it up and be miserable and it's like is it being unbelievably um naive and pretentious to try and you know make it in a very bleak and like unforgiving hard to monetize industry or should i do what basically tories all think that if you're creative why don't you just do it after work as a hobby yeah and i just don't but that doesn't work it just doesn't really you don't work generate like, the art that we were talking yeah, about there yeah, yeah. um i think for it's a bit of both i think for you, yeah, Mr. Horatio Gould, yeah, um, because part of it is you're in a, you're in a position where you are fortunate and able to pursue that, and then it's also I think as someone that is so passionate about wanting to pursue it, and you're in a situation where you can, why the fuck not? Yeah, I think there is part of you that would be because when I think about you in a normal job, I weep. I think you would be <laughs> you would be a fucking disaster. Yeah, I know that to be true. But yeah. then some people don't have the privilege of being a disaster in work in general, but still have to do it. That's what I mean, and that's where the guilt comes from. Is it's yeah. like, yes, I will feel utterly miserable. Yes, I will be bad at it. Yes, I will be bad for the person who hired me. Yeah, but what do people? 
like what me. do you what do you want from me <laughs> <laughs> what do you want from me what do people like me yeah uh, do if they don't have like you know privilege or like a, yeah well <laughs> they just yeah. get get on but the, that's the that's the problem the the concept of skill is is a very specific one to capitalism how are you going to make money i'm not going into capitalism but People like people have very different broad range of skills. You know, they might have juggling. Juggling. Yeah. Where's the fucking place for that? <laughs> That's my big point again. Yeah, but then the flip side is yes, this is way too far the other way. But there also is like the other way. I I also believe that I'm a big believer in like a certain aspect of hard work and not being a victim and like making your own luck and doing stuff like that to a certain extent, even though I've had a lot of privilege, I still like have an attitude where I work hard at this and I try and like, I don't expect anything from other people. I don't mm. expect to be successful in the arts. I'm not bitter that I'm not. I, I try and make sure that I am through fair means, I think. So the other, the, when it's too far is let's say juggling. If someone's like, how I, I wish I could monetize my juggling mm. under like an ideal society. Would would we allow them to monetize the juggling, or are we like, sorry, <laughs> juggling's too shit. Which you is, have to choose something else. But then that is one, of, <laughs> which is one of the fundamental problems yeah. and questions for the utopian society where all the material assets and wealth is distributed in the perfect manner, so everyone yeah. can pursue their own ideas and yeah. their own species being or yeah. their own passions. Yeah. Is we have to at some point say, sorry, your passion isn't really that good. So like or in 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 our, my Marxist dream, I do. Everyone's juggling. No, 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 doing. no. It's not. That's what's different. <laughs> it's just a society it, of juggling. It's there's space to fulfil your purpose, but some purposes are too shit. You got to do both. So I think so. Like, but remember, in this this utopian Marxist yeah. society, the concept of money doesn't exist. No, no, money still exists in my one. Oh. So I'm not. I'm not. Okay. I'm not. I, I'm still in the worlds of realism. It's not like some wonderland. I still believe in money. I still. Be, I. I just think of restructuring. To, like it, it, it's not so far gone that it becomes null and void. I just think we should encourage people to live out their purposes, but there will be enough pressure that you can't just juggle. But then, <laughs> okay. So Have then, you seen people do Diablo and stuff like that? Yes, yeah, incredible. You can't... Best, best thing I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> if I you have, do, that's all do you I know Diablo, those kind of sticks? We all have you them You can't just, in my dream society, you can't, the state will not support you just doing that. I'm sorry. That's where I draw the... That's like the, the compromise you've I make. From, you've gone from one controversial point to another. <laughs> Think about all the Diabloers out there. I, I know that a huge uh, factor of a lot of people who listen to the show wear fedoras and do Diablo in the park. Absolutely. I know that's a big thing. But more... I know you come to me for guidance and I'm telling you now, drop those sticks and retrain. <laughs> Look, you're becoming everything that we hate. Yeah, I'm just saying that. What's funny is, is this: what happened when you get into government? You come in with all these great ideas, but no, as soon as you're presented with the Diablo problem, yeah. you jump shit. The Diablo problem will be known in economics the as Diablo the Diablo problem. paradox. Yeah. <laughs> How do we allow people to express themselves without doing that? <laughs> That's a great thing. The Diablo paradox. Gordon Cohen. We will write a joint yeah. pa paper. paper. The joint paper. paper. The Diablo paradox. paradox. How do we allow people to live out their passions when some passions <laughs> fucking suck ass, man? I, I, I promise you, if I end up doing a PhD, I if would If you do end up that. doing a PhD, I can I, I co-author with you the Diablo I, paradox? I will shake your hand on that right now. I, that's a, that's, that's the a great thing. You've if seen Andrew that here. If does a PhD in economics or some of that fucking shit, we're going to write doing. a paper called the Diablo paradox. And the key points are- It'll be a tough one to get through the peer review system. <laughs> Because um, a lot of academics do Diablo. Yeah. <laughs> that's the paradox. It's a Diablo. Uh, it's a Diablo cult yeah. in, in academics. What is yeah. it? Yeah, it's word? like it's like how the like Lacanians took over the fucking <laughs> psychoanalysis department for a long time. It's like when you speak to people in like psychology departments, they're like fucking Lacanians. They're fucking like Diabloers, man. <laughs> in economics, we've got all get these, away from them. all these like Dominic coming. <laughs> Ring. That's what they're doing in their free time. That's what happens in like the, the deep the yeah. deep offices of the deep back rooms of Whitehall. They've, yeah. they've just got <laughs> Diablos in that bar in Parliament. There's just Diablo um, sticks hanging yeah. up on the wall. <laughs> Which one are you going to go for today, Boris? I think I'm going to go for the firecracker. That's the oh, really orange one. Oh, wow. Um, but bleak times, eh? Mm. So why not whip out your Diablo? No, but now we need to, because I still believe... That. In Harvey Dent. Uh, I still believe in Harvey Dent. <laughs> I still believe in him. Um, 
I still. Oh, maybe we could we could have brought it around to something like that. No. What's the Harvey Dent? Yeah. What Batman? Batman. Um, no. <laughs> you can't. Harvey Dent, the, That's the, not podcasting. Preserving the... Preserving... <laughs> Batman? No. Batman? No, anything of Batman? Content? No. no. Sorry. Um, Sorry. W- the, the role of art, I still believe, is to hold up a mirror to society, but also give some hope, you know? Yeah. So we can't... We can't we'll give, give you something in. to look forward to in the we, evening as well. You need it. It's so important. No, no. I mean, now with this conversation, we need to provide a positive ending. Yes. We've just been talking about how bleak it is. And I don't, I don't, I'm still very positive. I, but, it just feels bleak at the moment. We need to now pull this conversation around so that all my self-harming Diablo fans who are listening to this, <laughs> that well, we with, give them. With the Diablo. <laughs> We've upset them enough by shitting on Diablo. Um, we now need to <laughs> give them some hope. <laughs> I'm tempted to call this this um, this episode the Diablo paradox. The Diablo, <laughs> Diablo paradox is really good. Um, so I can continue. I've had an image that I can't say. So now let's bring it around some hope. Well, what we we said at the beginning of this is that you know the the point about this period of time is that um, it's the it's the worst part because we've forgotten how bad winter is, and then we eventually get used to it. So maybe we we're no. <laughs> you can't make a point of saying no. <laughs> Coming I, over for you with some hope, Andrew. Maybe that the sun. No, because no, was, back but, to you in the studio. No, but, hope. well, in honesty, you when you say try and make a positive spin on it, that I could say it with my words, and I could have believed it. I could have falsely believed it. Because I just don't. The, the the key thing with this podcast is we're trying to genuinely. Not enough people um, in comedy, I think, talk about how they actually feel, and I'm trying to and get. We feel which sad. Is, which is <laughs> no, not even. <laughs> not even that. Not not even that. Um, I because I, I hate the idea um, that sometimes in winter you're just gonna feel shit. I do believe that if um, you know stand up was back, if I had a stable job, I think I could easily deal with the seasons. Me I think too, it's yeah. way more. Yeah. I I can't live with the idea that just the, yeah. the change of the seasons is just the way I feel. It yeah, needs yeah. to be in my control. You're, that's very true because yeah. I think this is the most negative I think I've ever been in my life. <laughs> I'm usually, I am usually a relentless optimist. This be, yeah. It's a fact about me, yeah. uh, but that is being crumbled in this. And it is, you're right, it's not just a change in the seasons. We have to accept we're in exceptional circumstances here and those will eventually be gone. So yeah. by, by the time we're here next year, we won't have COVID. We'll all be able to go out Go to nightclubs, do stand-up comedy, pursue careers and things that we want to actually do. Yeah. And everything will just be a bit better. Yeah, but it's not... Don't say yeah, but we were trying to do the positive ending. The way to really smack it home with a good positive is you like... You lay it with a negative and then you do a positive because it, it, otherwise... So what was that? We've just too... layered that with a, with a <laughs> massive true. group of negatives. We but just... I mean, it's like, it's it, the key thing <coughs> is it's hard. It's not like... But my point is, when COVID goes, doesn't mean your problem's going to go. It's not like when this shit clears up. It's not like when, uh, if we find a vaccine for COVID, you're going to get a job. It's still, you know what I mean? It's not yeah. like the flowers grow yeah. back and it's, you still, but it's still, to a certain extent, you have to believe it's in your control. So before this episode, you ready? You all good? Yeah. yeah, yeah. You all screwed in? All screwed in. Um, um, before we, we shot this episode, a uh, friend of the show, Sam Ely, uh, sent me a message saying that he's recently done an empathy test, which is like, a, you know, these kind of questionnaires, which are like 60 questions <coughs> uh, with like agree, strongly agree, disagree, strongly disagree on like 60 varying questions. Um, and he was terrified because he did it with a group of like 15 people and him, uh, he came out with uh, the lowest empathy score and was very worried about that. So then I thought it would be interesting if me and Andrew did an empathy test, uh, which is actually talking, this is actually about, not just about empathy, it's about whether you have autism or Asperger's syndrome, which I didn't really realize going into it. Uh, so we, we firstly did a questionnaire on what we thought ourselves were. And then we did a second round where we did it all over again. What we viewed the other as. <laughs> Answering the questions as if we were the other as person. As if we were the other person. 
So um, how do you want to reveal? Because we don't know each other's scores. We yet. don't know each other's scores <laughs> yet. <laughs> so how do you want to? Do you want to do? Should um, we do what we got for ourselves? So it's out of eighty. It's out of eighty. And the only information it gives you about your score is that scores of thirty or less indicate yeah. a lack of empathy. A lack of empathy common in people with autism or Asperger's syndrome. Yeah, I'm gonna put a link to the. Um, test in the bio so you can comment have, your answers have, 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 comment, comment please, your results because I'd love to know how I'd autistic our fan base is oh yeah <laughs> I think the results are pretty shocking pretty, there's going to be some pretty shocking results for sure um, so how do you so uh, firstly I'll, I'll just read you like some of the questions so you have like gist. so you just have a, a, a basic idea of kind of what um I dream most nights. Strongly agree, slightly agree, slightly disagree, etc. I'm my best first thing in the morning. Uh, in a conversation, I tend to focus on my own thoughts rather than on what my listener might be thinking. Um, Do the frog one or whatever it was. The worm the, the one. one. Uh, it was like um, I I, I cut up you. worms in my childhood to see how it felt. Yeah, yeah. That like was that. Uh, that was the only. When I was a child, question. I enjoyed cutting up worms to see what would happen. That was the only one. They that was general, a, that pretty, really took me by surprise. That one. So how do you want to reveal these? Do um, we want to? We could. I, so we can either do we do how we scored for ourselves. Yeah. Or we do maybe we focus on one at a time. Um. Let's focus on one at a time. Yeah, I think we should do one at a time. Okay, so do you want to... Oh, should I kick us off? You kick us off with how you rated yourself. So from the results of my test, okay. when <laughs> when completing the questionnaire as if I were me, which I am, my score was... I'm going to be like... It's going to be oh, like... It's gonna be, close. It's, I'm going to be like Derwin O'Leary, you know, in yeah, the yeah. next Factor Final, when it's like... Yeah. Judges, please. I'm going to need your answer soon. When completing the empathy questionnaire... As if He's I were Andrew autistic. As if I were filling it out for myself. Out of a possible 80, I scored 49. Ooh! Okay, that's yeah. pretty solid. It's pretty solid. That's pretty solid. It's that's pretty... like, that's middling. That's like above. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's pretty decent. Um, oh, and quickly, wait, before this, because we, we realised after we'd both done it for each other. The problem with these kind of questionnaires is that you're often, instead of putting the real answers, you might subconsciously yeah. put the idolized version of yourself to into it. So what we'll do is we're gonna <laughs> gonna do the median, uh, no, the, yeah. the mode, whatever the yeah. fuck, of our scores, yeah, and get the the true result, yeah, from what it is. So I yeah. take my score and Horatio's score, go in the middle, and, and then we'll see uh, how what so, the actual answer. So is. thirty. Below 30 means you're, you're autistic. autistic. And he's 49, so he's pretty That's much a strong score. Clear. That's a strong score. Compared to, because you've got a you're, list You're of... pretty, because in, in conversations, you are pretty... I'm, I'm you're pretty. You're pretty unautistic in a lot of the ways um, uh, you speak to people. I think you have a pretty good social awareness. That's pretty fair. I think I've got very that's, strong social that's awareness. Pretty, that's pretty Very fair. strong. Um, not as much as you might think. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. So do we, should we go to... Now, so what did you score me? Um... Do you want to take a guess at what I scored myself? No, no, because we'll do me. Do we say we focus on one? Do you want to give your score for me now? No, I want to do mine first before we get to Okay, it. cool. So this is what I scored myself. Let me not take a guess because bear in mind, I've got a score that I got for you. So that, <laughs> yeah. that would be my guess. Okay. Right. No, you can't do it and speak. <laughs> and I scored on the autism test... 34. <laughs> I'm a possible 80. 34. Christ, so yeah, okay. just scraped in. Just scraped in. Just, which is actually, I think if we're being fair, I think that's bang on. I think that's pretty good. As I in, I've I, always, because I've always called you autistic. I'm pretty, I've but flirted I'm very, with I'm, the idea, but I'm, you're not. You're I'm not. really emotionally intelligent in some ways. I'm yeah, really like, yeah. I have a really, um, and I, I feel part of how I feel about autistic is I feel I notice things about other people emotionally that more people and i'm like how can like i'll see someone's clearly getting upset with something and no one else will notice but then i will do something and it will upset someone and everyone will notice except me so it's really yeah, weird yeah. that sometimes yeah. i'll have like waves of like intense empathy where it's i can clearly see how something's affected someone and no one having an idea and then i'll have moments where someone explained to me how i've 
being insensitive to someone and it will make sense but i would have no concept yeah you never properly Not, no it. concept so it's a really weird but then thing. also part of that is that the view that you get from the knowledge thinking that you know which i think you are good at 100 mm. percent um but then you can't get away from that view it's only <laughs> that is only ever the case and no matter how you can have a conversation with the, that person yeah. about this is what they feel and you'd be like nah you feel like that <laughs> yeah. that's that that's you yeah. so there's I think it's so more... that's why you're not autistic you're just but a bit I, I you're do... a bit <laughs> a little bit a little sure. bit because uh, I'm dyspraxic and that's within the same family um, right so do you want to do your score that you got when filling it out for me then <laughs> no you don't you don't which I'm, I feel like it can't be that low okay fine <laughs> the score I gave to Andrew Cohen unknowingly filling out as honestly as I could <laughs> was 27 <laughs> You know, 27. So you see me as an autistic person, essentially. 27. I didn't think it would come out like that. I was, I was thinking it was going to come out like 40. So yeah, that'd like be fair. High. And I think maybe, maybe when it, because I was like talking to you while I was doing it, maybe I wasn't fully doing it. And then you saw my result. Maybe I would like lent into some things more than others. <laughs> I mean, 27 is pretty. It's pretty low. It's pretty it's brutal. Pr For it's, someone who's quite empathetic, I'd say, and really not autistic at all, not to call me autistic. It wasn't. I was feeling it aut honestly. Uh, yeah, I, I can only apologise. No, I know, it's the fine. This doesn't lie. This might be the last podcast we ever do. 27 is... 27. It's so low. <laughs> it's so low. <laughs> so just how we made the discussion about... Um, what we view and how autistic I am with you who I think has a slight you slightly lean into me being autistic for comedic effect and your view of me having known me for so having long having known you for so long and because we're very comfortable with each other you see me at my worst yeah, means yeah, that you yeah. have a slightly more we bias both see each we both have a much we, more yeah, bias see, we see each other at our absolute worst yeah, so I think I, uh, I think I, I'd, I'd, but that's I'd why go, this, go why, this why this this why this averaging works it works well. because we're being the most <laughs> this the most critical people Twenty-seven. It's pretty. It's pretty tough. It's pretty tough. But, but this. I is, would say a sign of true friendship is when you're autistic <laughs> with each other <laughs> and give yourselves the lowest possible score. Yeah. I'd say when you know you're truly close with someone is on the outside together you both look autistic. That's when you're like yeah, they've okay. known each other for a long time. Well, we've we've got that a lot. To be fair, we've got that a lot. It's impossible to have a conversation with you two because we both. Uh, we've yeah. heard from twenty. This is why we do a podcast so we yeah, just like, we can yeah. talk to ourselves. It's a nightmare being around us both because we both. Uh, have situational Aspergers. Do you want to do? Do you want to do yours then? My score for you. Yeah. <laughs> what is it? So keep going. So out of, out of a possible eighty, I scored a ratio gold fourteen. Oh my god, fourteen! See now I know why you didn't react. Oh my god. Now I, now I know why you didn't react so badly when I said because I was, was thinking you were going to be shot by 27 but actually massaged your guilt slightly yeah I was like okay, that's, that's alright yeah but we always 14 we always knew it was going to come out 14 <laughs> and to be honest that's so bad to be honest, I think I was being fair as well 14. I think I was being fair 14 wait so how, how, does that average, how does that average out 14 then? means literally you can't like you had to go to a different school. Function, yeah. Yeah, because Jesus. there's a there's a link at the bottom of the test that says concerned about your score, chat online with a licensed <laughs> therapist. I'm concerned about my friend's score yeah. of me. Yeah. <laughs> so what are the what are the averages? How does that work out? Okay, let's just let's num so let's well, you work out yours. real quick. You so uh, fourteen and thirty-four. But I think part of that is because when you said I think when Okay, you, fuck, it's still pretty bleak. Mine's mine's thirty eight. Mine's twenty four. You're still not autistic, but I'm weirdly. I I'm think I'm like that. That experiment, in a, in a sense, I feel like that experiment didn't work because I feel your score is very fair for what you graded yourself. Yeah, and I think maybe mine is more fair than yeah. Than maybe we're very unfair on each so other. So I think the problem is maybe that doesn't work because one was heavily. So maybe you have a pretty good view of yourself. Actually, maybe this maybe the question is perfect. <laughs> maybe. maybe everyone knows themselves, and you don't need anyone to tell you otherwise. Um. 
Cool. Well, that's been the empathy test. Uh, I'll put a link below. So if you want to try it, I would love to hear what uh, Please, Pink yeah. Croc score is. I'd love yeah. to know what um, Simon KG's Definitely score is. Simon KG's. I want to see what Simon KG's rocking. I want to see what yeah. Carrot Toast is rocking. The B&M Bandit. Oh, yeah, another Take thing. Take a screenshot of your score and post it. Another, and then what you feel about it. What is really funny is... Uh, B, uh, it was in Cornwall it was minor BB's anniversary so I posted a picture on Instagram and because as soon as I knew as soon as I'd do that I'd get like a swathe of her fans going in who are very yeah. different to mine Sincere. and it was like <laughs> seeing the um, differences in because I, I got likes from my fans and her fans on this post that was kind of cross two platforms and it was really funny seeing the names of both of our fans because all of bb's fans of the general cave sister fandom they're all middle class white girls basically so they're yeah. amy they're amy matthews emily webster you know all these sort of like uh just alice turn alice turn like maybe with like a love heart and they're all yeah. this these kind of general mine are like um <laughs> trump got tiny pp uh the b&m bandit you know fucking pink fuzz <laughs> You know my swag, not my story was one of it. Just oh, that's old. fucking great. You know my swag, not my story. Fuck yeah. It was just like, it was so funny. I'd keep getting notifications. Amy Matthews, you know my yeah. swag, not my story. That's great. Darth Vader's bum hole. <laughs> just these sort of, these people who seem to exist as like an, a purely internet entity. Yeah, yeah. Um, and don't have any real soul or life outside of that. <laughs> God, uh, God bless lot, him. Which is a lot of fun. God bless him. Um, but yeah, I, th I think I'd, I'd say we come to the end of the podcast. Yeah, uh, we we covered a lot. Are you feeling comfortable enough to wrap this up? Yeah. So as the, the, as the, the key the key um, strands of thought was um, second wave sadness, <laughs> second wave sadness, uh, autism, um, uh, Marxist idea of uh, species being and um, uh, seasonal depression. <laughs> There's no way I can put a positive spin on that. <laughs> it doesn't matter. It can be bleak, but it's okay. got to have like a, yeah, you know, at least melancholy as opposed to just pure sadness. Oh, okay. <clears throat> it's a pretty tight time for us as individuals and us as a collective in our country. Not made better by our government's refusal to appreciate art as an industry. But sometimes you've got to lean on your friends, even if they think that you are medically autistic. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Thanks. We've been Boys Gone Wild. See you next week. <laughs>